he's just a special, special human being. Uh, and then to see him catch the game winner, you know, it, it was uh, it was loud at the Fritz house. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Football Fridays in Georgia Beyond the Lights podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Gooden. If you're a new listener, the goal of this podcast is to pull back the curtain and find out what really goes into making high school sports in Georgia so special. From head coaches to concession stand operators, I want to find out how the magic is made. Today's topic is the Super Bowl, and we'll be taking a closer look at a former Georgia high school football star who helped Kansas City win the game. I mean, he literally caught the game-winning touchdown. That's Chiefs wide receiver, Nicole Hardman. He's not on today, but we have somebody even better. I am delighted to talk to his former Elbert County high school coach, Sid Fritz. Coach Fritz led the Blue Devils program for nine seasons from 2010 to 2018. He was then named the head coach at Washington Wilkes for three years before retiring in 2022. He's still coaching. We'll talk more about that with him in just a bit. He's also one of only 11 high school coaches to win region titles at all four different GHSA schools he coached at, Vidalia, Rome, Elbert, and Washington Wilkes. So, Coach Fritz, let's bring you on. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you, Coach? I'm good. Thank you for having me. But uh, you disappointed a lot of people when they found out it wasn't me, though. <laughs> well, I hope that they can see how amazing it's going to be to talk to you who knew him at such a special, pivotal point in his football career. So let's talk Super Bowl. They go, Chiefs are in overtime. One of your former players is playing in the game. You know how special he is. You know the big plays he's capable of making. What are what are you doing? And as a coach, what are you thinking during that time? Well, I'm thinking get him the ball uh, because I know he makes things magical happen when he has it. Uh, you know, we were smart enough to get it to him every play. He was our quarterback, so we snapped it to him and let him – work his magic in the granite bowl for four years. So paint that picture even more for me. When he caught the game-winning touchdown, where were you watching this? Who were you with? And what were you thinking after the play happened? We were at just at home. We had uh, our daughter and our son-in-law. He coaches. I coached him at Elwood. He played with McCoe, and, and then he is our offensive line coach here. Uh, at Washington Wilkes, and we were together. And, you know, Miko had a tough year this year. First first four years went by really, really well for him. He had 20 touchdowns in, in four years, and then he gets traded to the Jets, and he doesn't get on the field a whole lot with New York, and then gets sent back to Kansas City and then hurts a thumb and is on IR for three or four weeks and then comes back and uh, – then he has the fumble against Buffalo that goes out of the back of the end zone. And so we were concerned. Uh, and he's such a likable kid. You know, you can ask anybody in Elberton and everybody will uh, vouch for, for what I'm saying because he's just a special, special human being. Uh, and then to see him catch the game winner, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was loud at the Fritz house. 
<laughs> I'm sure it was. Well, tell me more about what he was like as a student, as a player. It seems like everybody knew he was special. Like this isn't just a surprise. What was he? What was he like? Um, first time I, I had his older brother the first year I was at at Elbert County, and I can't remember if Miko was sixth grade or seventh grade. Uh, seventh grade, I think. And then I saw him play middle school football, and he's the only kid that I've ever said this, but I told his dad that the kid's a Sunday player. And I've never wow. said that about any other player. And uh, he proved me correct. Uh, but he was a special talent, you know, uh, speed, uh, as fast as anybody other than maybe Tyreek Hill. Uh, but his knowledge of the game, uh, he, he understood situations. He understood uh, field positions. Uh, he, he worked to learn how to read coverages recognize fronts, uh, all those things packed in. And then then you throw in his competitive desire, and uh, it was unmatched. What do you think out of all of those things that you just listed was the one that really set him apart? Like what made you tell his dad he could play on Sundays? Just his competitive nature. You know, I take him to camps, and when you go to these – camps you notice kids that just kind of hang in the back and Miko's a line cutter you know he's going to cut line and get up there and get another rep where some of them will just hang back there and get two or three reps and Miko's going to get 10 uh, because he's always going to try to uh, I took him to Georgia Tech and I think he played every position he played linebacker he played safety he played corner uh, they were just letting him do what he wanted to try and do and he was obviously a good quarterback too, right? If he was the QB for you guys. He was a good quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, tell he, me about him was, in that he, position. Well, he's not a natural quarterback. Yeah. You know, they've got him playing where he needs to play. He's a slot receiver. Uh, but as our quarterback, he was a smart enough player to understand, as I said earlier, fronts and coverages. Uh, knew how to exploit different things. Uh, and And – just his vision. Uh, I mean, I've seen him do so many things. Uh, us have outside zone right and him run inside zone left because he saw a, a bubble and, and it worked. So, you know, good job. Uh, you kind of want them to do what you ask them to do, but there's certain players that are once in a lifetime. And uh, he was certainly one of those. What's your relationship like with him now? Do you guys still keep up? We do. We see each other two or three times a year. Uh, I watched him play in Nashville. My my old teammate in college has season tickets, and we went and watched him play. Uh, my my mom's a big fan. We took her up and met him Friday, uh, Saturday night for dinner, and then went to the game Sunday. Uh, went out to Kansas City two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago for his gender reveal. Uh, and then we see him every year. He comes home for our Friends Helping Friends beauty pageant. Uh, I'm a judge, and he's always the master of ceremony. And he's always had a special bond between those kids. Uh, I remember he caught his first touchdown pass in Denver. No, I, I'm not sure if it's his first, but I know he caught a touchdown pass in Denver on a Thursday night. And Friday afternoon, he's at 
Elbert Middle School for the special needs basketball game. He sounds like just such an amazing guy. I have to dig back into the the beauty pageant. So he, yeah, he, he's yeah. uh, what what is his his role exactly with the beauty pageant and, and what all goes into that event? Well, it's is teacher that was there at Elbert County when I first got there, Sandy Adams has a Friends Helping Friends uh, organization for special needs kids at our school. And they have a beauty pageant. And uh, Nicole comes in and brings Kansas City uh, Super Bowl footballs, helmets, jerseys, auctions, all that stuff off and then gives it to them. And he also donated 25000 to him last year. Wow. Uh, he's very, very active with that, with that group. And he's been a member since he was in the seventh grade. I mean, she uh, has all kind of ambassadors from the school system. And he started as a seventh grader. And uh, still to this day, he's, he comes back and takes part. I was hoping he was going to be a, a part of the beauty badge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Coach. Um, when it comes to this year, there's no doubt. When it comes to players in the area, when he comes back, does he run clinics? Is he a part of clinics? How is he still helping current high school football players? He does. He has a summer camp that he's uh, he puts on in Elbert County, uh, and it's free to everybody that comes out. Wow. And, he has a lot of his old teammates, uh, Trey Barnett, I think we worked last year, and Trey was Georgia State's all-time leading rusher. Uh, they played together, and he comes out and helps, as many of his teammates do. You've been a head coach since 1988. What is your mantra? What is your coaching style? What are you doing that resonates with so many players that can then reach these types of levels? I think it goes back to relationships. Uh, you know, you got You have to be transparent. You have to let them know that your biggest desire is for them to become good men. And uh, and if they if they work to achieve that, they'll become good players. Uh, now they won't all go to the NFL, but they'll be able to contribute in so many ways that impact others. Just like my son-in-law, who's now coaching offensive line here at Western Wilkes, uh, he, he's making his mark now. But, you know, it's all about getting to know those kids. And that's the that's the best part about being a football coach. It keeps you young, uh, keeps you aggravated quite often, but it keeps you young. What advice do you have for current high school players or your your current players that you're coaching? What's your biggest piece of advice that you like to give them? Try, you know, try as hard as you can. You know, I don't care if it's a practice or if it's a weight room session. Uh, everything that you're doing is designed to help you become the best that you can be at, at whatever you're trying to achieve. And if if you go out in life and, and continue that, you'll find your place and you'll make your mark. Well, it sounds like you have been an amazing coach, and now you are an even better mentor. You retired officially from head coaching in 2022 at Washington Wilkes, but they still have you around. So tell me what you're doing now, and how are you passing on your coaching secrets? (laughs) 
Well, I still get to get on the grass, uh, but it's at a, a on my time now. It's it's I'm not tied to to the job. Uh, I had the summer off. I get the summers off now. I don't do June and July, uh, which was was wonderful this past year. It was my first summer off in 70 years. Wow. Uh, and we went uh, out and visited our granddaughter and daughter in Colorado. We go out there quite often. We've got them out there. And then we've got, I've got another son-in-law that's a offensive line coach at Athens High School in Alabama. Uh, and then I've got my son-in-law and daughter here, and then I have uh, a son and daughter-in-law in Tennessee. At one time, I had a daughter in in uh, Athens, Alabama, a son in Athens, Tennessee, and a daughter in Athens, Georgia. So <laughs> oh you know, we kind of kept us. We knew where they were. Uh, just kind of had to figure out what state we were talking about. Uh, back to what I'm doing is. And then I come in when school starts, and I coach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I coach the edge rushers and the offensive tackles. So I work the edges, and, uh, and then on Thursday I'm off. Friday I go scout whoever we're playing the the next week. I'm there the previous or the earlier week, and get the chance to see them uh, on the hoof. Well, Coach, I don't get to say this often. People often say this to John and I, you know, thank you guys for what you do for high school football, which, you know, it's not me. We're just getting everybody out there. I seriously want to say thank you. It seems like you are instilling your knowledge into these new coaches, into these players, and you've just been an amazing coach over your career. So thank you for talking to me and thank you for what you're still doing. And I appreciate your time so much today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right, everybody, we'll be back with another episode of Football Fridays in Georgia Beyond the Lights and our regular football podcast with John and I in just a couple of weeks. Don't forget, you can watch the video version of all of our podcasts on our GPB Sports YouTube channel. Thank you so much for listening.